Also in this new year now, maybe I can encourage people who are not turning their video on to turn their video on um, for your own benefit. It doesn't benefit us in any way, but your concentration level will become better and you'll be more in tune with the knowledge. Less distracted. The mind gets distracted very, very easily. But if you put your video on, then there's less of a distraction because you know people are looking at you. Well, I'm looking at you anyway. So, new resolution, turn your video on for your own benefit, your own development. So, just a reminder, why are we all here this morning? Why are we all here? Why are we all here? Anybody? To gain knowledge and improve our life. Gain knowledge, improve your life. Very good. Yes. Anything else? Yeah, Kevin. To understand who we are and what's our purpose. Very good. Yes. We don't realize what our purpose is. We don't, we only see what we see in the mirror. We don't know really what we are. Anybody else? Anything else? Yeah, so. Yes. Ravi, yes. I was just saying, seek happiness. Seek happiness, yeah. Material benefit. Knowledge will help you get material benefit. Happiness. Everyone's looking for happiness. So? Think of the higher. Think of the higher. Think of the higher. What is this higher? Think of the higher. See, we all see life with tainted glasses. In other words, we see life from our own perspective, from our own personality. And based on our perspective, our personality, we make choices in life. And the choices we make governs our life, rules our life. Some of us may see what is right as wrong. What is wrong as right? We really don't know. And we make choices that can make or break our life. So how are we making these choices? What subject to study when you're young? What job to get? What business to start? Who to marry? How many children to have? Should you remarry? All these important choices we have to make in life. For what? As Ravi said, our own happiness. And if we get it wrong, who suffers? We make the wrong choices. We suffer. We have regrets. And we don't want regrets. We want to be able to make the right choices. So these classes, this knowledge, the reason you're out of bed early, helps us to see clearly what life is, what this world is, what our role is in life, our purpose, what God is, this, what is the higher what our purpose is, we don't know. 
So all this Vedantic knowledge that you're gaining, all it's doing is removing the tainted glasses that you're wearing. Those colored glasses that you're wearing, it's removing that to make it clearer. And once this has been removed, you'll see clearly the world for what it is. You see, in chapter one, which we covered in the Gita, verse 36, Arjuna says to Krishna, how can I be happy by killing my own kinsmen, my own family? How can I be happy? He's telling Krishna. You're telling me to kill. How can I kill my own family and be happy? And he's got a point. In topic three that we're, gonna, we're doing today, Krishna tells Arjuna, the only way you can be happy is by killing, by fighting, by killing your family and kinsmen. That's the only way you're going to be happy. You see how we see the world differently. You see the world differently from what it really is. Arjuna saw things from a completely opposite way to what it really was. Krishna had to straighten him. Similarly, in life, we don't know what's right and wrong. So we need this knowledge to help us to see things clearly and what is right and what is wrong. See, the problem is most people believe you read the Gita, you come to these classes when you have retired. You'll see, you go to the uh, organizations where people are getting get, get together for gens and spiritual knowledge, they're all over 60, 65. Get to get to, they go and listen to the Gita. When they're finished acting in life, what's the purpose? When, when actually the Gita teaches you how to act in life. So really, it should be studied before you start your life, not after. It is finished. You have nothing better to do. No more action. What's the point? And this is the problem. That's why people get into trouble in life. Have to deal with the consequences of wrong decisions. If only I did this. You're all under 65, so you're all okay. Still got some opportunity to put in right action. So the earlier you get this knowledge, the better your life is. So what did we cover so far? The self, Atman, Brahman, God is a wonder. None of us can experience the self. As you study the scriptures, you understand this whole world is a superimposition on God. Meaning, everything in this world is God. But we don't recognize everything as God. And so, as you develop spiritually, you recognize this divinity in the world. And everything in the world reminds you of that God. So, as you develop spiritually, you start seeing everything for what it is. Everything is Brahman. Everything is God. There's no difference, but we make that differentiation. Your worst enemy, your best friend, everyone is Brahman. So think about it next time before you act. Any questions? Just an introduction for the new year, why we're all here, so you can to encourage you to come regularly. And understand that you need this. In fact, you can't live your life without this knowledge. You're just walking around in the dark. Any questions? Some of you have been coming for some time. Do you agree that this knowledge helps you to have a better life, to become more happier? Any of you disagree? 
Good. So, recap, because it's been a few weeks, you've all been merry, partying, so you'll forget all about the what we've covered so far. Shilavan, too many get-togethers. So, recap. In chapter two, which is what we're studying now, the Gita, we have so far covered topic one, verse one to 10, where Arjuna continues from chapter one to give excuses why he should not fight. So the verse, first 10 verses is Arjuna continuing. Krishna's listening, waiting. When's he gonna stop talking so I can tell him what to do? Then in topic two, verse 11 to 30, which is the highest knowledge we can gain from this book, Krishna begins to explain to Arjuna the indestructibility of the Atman, the self. Krishna says to Arjuna, the same self, Atman, in you is in all living beings, all creatures. The self, Atman, does not die. It is everlasting. Only this physical body dies. And you are the Atman, not this body. You are not this mind, this intellect. This Atman is your true identity, your real personality. Therefore, Arjuna, there is no reason for you to grieve for any creature, living or dead. So do your duty and fight. And then we started topic three, which is what we're on now, verse 31 to 40. Your duty to act. So it's the recap. Verse 31 and 32 we did before. We, before we took our break. Verse 31, Arjuna is a Kshatriya, a warrior. That is his nature. That is his Swadharma. Swadharma means nature. Everyone has their nature. The nature of a Kshatriya is to fight. That is his duty. In the Mahabharata war, the righteousness, the Pandavas, five brothers, are fighting the unrighteousness, the Kauravas. There is good and there is evil, and that is clear to all of us. Pandavas were good, Kauravas were bad. Arjuna is fighting, is a warrior fighting for the righteous side. He's fighting for the good of the people, the people of Kurukshetra. They're fed up. It's an opportunity for him to perform his duty. What better opportunity? So Krishna, in topic three, from verse 31 to 40, appeals to Arjuna to perform his obligatory duty as a Kshatriya, as a warrior, and fight. Then verse 32 stated that when you perform your duty according to your vasanas, your desires, with dedication to a higher ideal, without your selfish ego and selfish desires, you attain calmness, peaceful, you are in heaven. When you perform actions against your nature, against your swadharma, with selfishness, your ego, what can I get by performing this action? The result is you're agitated. The mind is not calm. You can say you're in hell. Also, you increase your desires. We said heaven and hell are not places that one goes to when one dies, based on the way they have lived their lives. There's no one to judge you and say, you go to hell, you go to heaven. There's no devils. Heaven and hell are mental states of the mind, right here in the world. If you are mentally agitated, you're said to be in hell. If you are peaceful, happy, you are said to be in heaven. State of mind. 
So that's what we covered. Any questions? Just to get everyone on the same page. Any questions before we begin? Okay. So we're going to start verse 33. So I'll chant first and then I'll chant slower. Second time, we can, and everyone, if they want to chant, they can do so. When you chant, you get the vibrations of the Sanskrit verses of the Gita, and they give you some form of calmness. Even if you don't, can't pronounce the words, just follow the tune, it doesn't matter. We're in chapter two. By the time we get to chapter four or five, you'll be fluent. So just try, practice. Even if it's just in your mind, it doesn't matter. Gain the benefits from it. That's what I mean. So verse 33. Sangramam na karishyasi tathasvadharmam kirtim chahit now, if you will not rage this righteous war, then having abandoned your duty, and fame, you will incur sin. Krishna is telling Arjuna, if you don't fight in this war, you don't do your duty, you will incur sin. So this continues from the last verse. Krishna applies this logic to Arjuna and explains that if he does not act based on his swadharma, his nature, and fight this righteous war, then having abandoned your duty, you will create sin. Sin meaning mental agitations. Create more vasanas. Why does creating more vasanas gives you mental agitations? Any idea? Any ideas? As we create more vasanas, why are we more agitated? Any idea, Thamesh? You're going against your what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. And you're not doing it the right way. Yeah. So you're not doing it with God in mind. Yeah. Doing things negatively. And if you're okay. doing something negatively, you're causing yourself grief. So you're halfway there. Your first sentence was right. God plus vasnas equals human being. Yeah. God plus vasnas equals human being. So human being minus vasnas equals God. So reducing your vasnas, desires, takes you closer to your purpose, your godhood. If you increase your vasanas, it's taking you away from the godhood. You're going against what you're meant to do in life. So as you decrease your vasanas, you can reach that state of godhood. And that is our goal, our purpose in life. Hence, we need to do whatever we can to reduce our desires, not increase them. Arjuna is in an ideal situation. He is a warrior, a kshatriya, a righteous war. There's a chance to reduce his vasanas. Perfect opportunity. And Krishna says, take that opportunity. If not, you will incur sin. You'll be agitated. So that's from a spiritual perspective. From a worldly perspective, his whole reputation as a great warrior, 
even that will fade away. Because people will call you a coward if you don't do, if you don't fight. Everyone understand that? Increase your vasanas, you're moving away from your purpose in life. Decrease your vasanas, your desires, you're going the right way. So, what we must understand from this verse is that in life, we have a choice. We can act based on our likes and dislikes or our obligatory duty. You have a purpose in life. You can either follow that or you go by your likes and dislikes. If you act based on your likes and dislikes, you will lose materially and spiritually because you'll create more vasanas. Mind wants more and more. When you create more vasanas, a lot of them will be unfulfilled. And when they are unfulfilled, you get mentally agitated. You create sin. See, the mind can ask for anything. You see an advert, it says, I want it. There's no control. You can ask for anything. And then the more you think about it, the more you want it, the desire gets stronger. And when you can't fulfill it, you're agitated. Why can't I have it? You suffer. You're unhappy. And this is why we go through life with ups and downs. When we're happy, we're not unhappy. It's not our fault. Because we go with what we like and discard what we don't like. All of us do that. I like to eat this. What did we have last night, Sil? What we weren't supposed to have. She went to Kenton and I said, get some barapal. Haven't had that for ages. Not good for you, but mine wants it. What can you do? This is my, that's something small. But sometimes the mind does things which can be detrimental to your health, could be detrimental to your life. So if we go by our likes and dislikes, we create more desires, more likes and dislikes. And what happens? Everyone, us, everyone around us promotes this, feeds our likes and dislikes. Our parents, when we're young, don't give him that, he doesn't like that. Give him this, he likes that. We promote that. What does the child do? I don't like that, I like this. You get older, your friends, let's go here. You like that, not there. He doesn't like that. She doesn't like this. You get married, your partner, I'll cook what you want, what you like. He doesn't like karela and ringer. Potatoes. So what happens? We are a bundle of likes and dislikes now. And this propels our life. We avoid what we dislike, court what we like. And this is us in a nutshell. But if we do what we ought to do in life, rather than what you want to do, you grow spiritually. You grow spiritually and materially. You'll be successful in life, be happy, meaning you'll be in heaven. Krishna says to Arjuna, if you don't do your obligatory duty as a Kshatriya, a warrior, and fight, you'll create sin. You'll be mentally agitated for the rest of your life. Means you won't be happy. Another point this verse mentions is that actions themselves are not positive or negative. It is the internal mental reaction. We've covered this before. It's the reaction that it produced that decides the nature of the action, if it is good or bad. So I'll explain. 
you're angry about something at work, you come home, you start shouting at the children, you have done nothing wrong. You later regret what you have done, what you have said. You're mentally agitated. I shouldn't have said that. Who suffers? You do. Any action you perform, if it later agitates you, then that action is wrong for you. You need to work on it. If there are no agitation, then it's okay for you. A person kills an animal, a cow, eats it. He feels nothing. He does not commit sin. Nice beef burger. Doesn't commit sin. Another person prays to the cow. How can he even think about killing it? Never mind eating it. He would commit sin if he harmed a cow or even ate anything to do with beef. He would commit sin. How can I eat this? So, sin is not in the action, but in the reaction. So you be careful what, how you act. Any questions? As I said, all this we'll be covering again in the other chapters in more detail, in more manageable way of understanding. Chapter two, as I said, is heavy. So don't worry too much. We're going to be breaking it down. Hema. The previous verse emphasized the positive side of action. Right actions lead you to heaven. This verse emphasizes the negative side of action. Wrong actions render your life a hell. Right actions are those that you perform according to your own inherent nature, swadharma, directed to a higher ideal and not to the mere satisfaction of your egocentric desires. When you keep performing such actions, you, redu you reduce your existing desires. Your mind becomes more peaceful. You gain happiness. On the contrary, in wrong actions, you disregard your swardharma and follow an alien nature, vardharma. You perform them with ego and egocentric desires. When you continue performing such actions, you accumulate desires. Your mind becomes more disturbed. You are sorrowful. Action per se are neither meritorious nor sinful. The internal mental reaction decides the nature of an action. When a person performs an action, even an apparently bad action, but which does not trigger any mental disturbance, then he incurs no sin. Whereas another performing an apparently good action, which creates in him an emotional disturbance, does commit sin. So sin is determined not by the action itself, but by the mental reaction it produces. Applying the above definition, Arjuna incurs sin by refusing to fight the righteous war. As a Kshatriya warrior, his Swardharma is to fight. He is deviating from Swardharma and abandoning his obligatory duty. Such an action will eventually result in a guilty conscience and a disturbed mind. Therefore, Arjuna would Arjuna would incur sin. Also, he would lose the great opportunity before him to gain fame by overpowering, overpowering the Kauravas and resurrecting the righteousness in the country. He will furthermore destroy his existing fame earned by his past meritorious deeds. Thank you, Emma. So there you have it. Right action for whom? See, sometimes, you know, you talk to people and every sentence they're swearing. Maybe not where you, uh, where you guys are growing up, but when I used to grow up, Kenzo Rise, Halston, you know, the rough areas, every sentence people are swearing. Doesn't mean nothing to them. They're not committing sin. We swear, we say one bad word and we think, why did I say that? Yeah. We get agitated mentally. Why did I use that word? Sin for you. For the other person, it's normal. 
if that's the difference. 34. Akirtim chapi bhutani kathai ishyanti te vyayam sambhavittasya chakrtir maranadatirichyate. People will also recount your perpetual dishonor. And to the honored, dishonor is worse than death. So, This is a righteous war, we said. Things are really bad in Hastinapur. There's no law and order. Gauravas are making it worse by doing nothing. In fact, they're taking advantage of everything, encouraging that unrighteousness. Arjuna is a warrior. He understands right from wrong. He knows it's wrong to swear. Right, he understands right from wrong, righteousness from unrighteousness. This was his country. They are the legal heirs. And you can see after coming back with his brothers from the jungle, where they were banished to, that this isn't right, what's going on here. This is nothing like how we used to rule the country. And Arjuna has the ability to make things right again for his people. In fact, it is his duty to do so. But in the last minute, where he sees his family on the other side, whom he has to fight and kill, this has overwhelmed him with emotions and he can't do it. So he has collapsed. Where? In the middle of the battlefield, between the two armies. Krishna has tried to revive Arjuna using the highest philosophy of life to get to make Arjuna understand why he should do his duty, but he's gone to no use. Just over his head. You have all come back from a nice Christmas break. Suddenly you're bombarded with this morning with this deep knowledge. You're also thinking, when is this class going to end? I can't take it anymore. Similarly, Arjuna felt the same. So Krishna sees this. He understands Arjuna's state. He says, this fellow can't take any more of this. So for the next two verses, next few verses, Krishna changes his tone with Arjuna. He tries a different way to get to Arjuna. No more deep philosophy. Krishna can see Arjuna can't take any more of this deep philosophy. It's just going over his head. So Krishna takes it to Arjuna's level of understanding. Talks to him in his, his language. Krishna explains to Arjuna, Arjuna, you're an honorable man. You have a good reputation. People know you are a good person. But behaving like this, you know what will happen? People will say, Arjuna, the great warrior, went to fight with his army. He had all these weapons. Even Krishna was with him by his side. And you know what happened? He chickened out. He got scared. What we thought he was and what he turned out to be, he is pathetic. He is a coward. Arjuna, everyone will be saying this. You will lose whatever honor you have if you do not fight. And you know what? People will talk about this honor, this dishonor forever. Is that what you really want? Dishonor is worse than death for Arjuna. It's a high value for honor. He didn't think like, you know what? I don't care what people think of me. You know, some people have this attitude. I don't care what people think of me. It's their problem. 
He actually cared what people thought of him and his reputation. People looked up to him. Krishna says, you know what, Arjuna? Even if you fought and died on the battlefield, your honor will remain intact. People will say at least he tried. Okay, the Kaurava side were a much bigger army. They were too powerful. They'll say something like that. But you'll still be a hero. So Krishna tries this new tactic on him. And you know what? It's working. Arjuna is waking up. Now he understands what? What? My honor? No way. He's waking up now. Nilam, could you read until the last paragraph? Yeah, leave the last paragraph. Oh, yeah. Okay. This verse brings about a distinct change in the line of discussion so far. From a deep philosophical theme to a worldly mundane view of life. Arjuna, the man of action, has a limited ability to take in much philosophy. He obviously needs the change. His countenance has probably displayed a mental fatigue. A true teacher recognizes the reactions of his students. Every moment while teaching, he maintains an awareness of the psychological reactions and consequent intellectual absorption of the students. Even a great teacher like Krishna can impart knowledge to another only when the hearer is psychologically available to receive it. After a course of subtle philosophy, Krishna tones down his arguments to a mundane level more appealing to Arjuna. You are esteemed as an honourable person. If you leave the battlefield and do not perform your obligatory duty as a warrior, you will incur dishonour. People will recount your infamy perpetually. To an honourable person, dishonour is worse than death. These powerful words are too much for Arjuna to bear. The thought of dishonour, Akriti, strikes Arjuna deeply. Hence, Krishna continues in the same strain in the next two verses. Dishonor is worse than death. For a publicly renowned person, the loss of his honor and fame causes him more pain than death would. In death, he does not lose his name and fame, whereas he loses them by abandoning his obligatory duty. Arjuna is unprepared to face such infamy. Here, Krishna warns him against the serious consequences of his decision to withdraw from the battlefield. It's having an effect on Arjuna. See, in life, we are unprepared in the world to deal with the fall from name, fame, power, reputation. All of us. Especially sports people. Actors, politicians, models, they have a very short span that they can be famous. Cricketer, footballer, after 30, you could be the best footballer in the world. No longer. Even us individuals, we have a reputation, money, business. We have a standing in society. Do you know who I am? The law states every rise must have a fall eventually. We will all be gone one day. All of us, we have to be prepared. We'll all be gone due to age or other issues, mental issues. Are we prepared for that? One minute you're prime minister, next minute you're nothing. You have all the money in the world. You, everyone knows you. Suddenly you get dementia. See, when it happens, we become frustrated, miserable. Our personality, our ego cannot deal with it. This life is worse than death, he's saying. Krishna is saying to Arjuna. This life is worse than death. The wise do not suffer from this. Why? They understand this law and are well prepared for that day. I am famous today, but tomorrow it will be at someone else's turn. That thing will be gone. 
today I can earn hundred grand a year. Once I reach a certain age, that will be gone. Others will take over. It's a natural thing. You may still earn more, but that notion of who I am, that ability, that will diminish. As you get older, you may lose respect from people. Prominence in the community, in the family. Don't worry about it. Whatever goes up must come down. It's just a matter of time. It's a natural order. Be prepared for it. That's what it's saying. Don't let, don't let it pull you down. Any questions? So these, are, these are simple things about life that we must learn. Nilam, last paragraph, please. A similar problem threatens many people of rena renown who have risen to national or international public eminence. They revel in their name and fame as long as it lasts. In their indulgence, they fail to conceive, much less prepare themselves for a fall from this prominence. The law of life is that every rise must be followed sooner or later by a fall. Eminence, renown, reputation can be lost suddenly without deserving such loss. It can wear away through age and senility. So when the inevitable fall comes, the ill-prepared personality crashes with it. He misses those giddy heights of glory. He remains frustrated and miserable the rest of his life. That life is worse than death. The wise do not succumb to such a predicament. They fully prepare themselves for the worst from the very beginning of their illustrious career. You see, you see this all around us in the countries, you know, prime ministers, presidents. Once they've tasted that fame, that power, it's hard to get them down again. Especially in the third world countries. That's it, they'll stay forever. You see presidents, prime ministers, 30 years, 40 years, same person. They don't give anybody else a chance. They don't know what to do. They don't want to lose that power. In some countries, they, they changed the constitution. I think they did that in Russia. Instead of four years, they changed it to 30 years. Look at Trump. He didn't go smiling, did he? Don't want to go into that. But this is what happens when they get famous, they taste the power, it's hard to go down. They're miserable after that. You see it around us. They're unprepared for the fall. That's what it means. Any questions? What are we on? 35. Verse 35. Payadra Naduparatam Mamsyante Vam Maharataha Yesam Chavam Bahumato Budfa Yes Yasilagavam Payadra Naduparatam Mamsyante Vam Maharataha Yesam chavam bahumato The great chariot warriors will think that you have withdrawn from the battle out of fear, and you that were highly esteemed by them will be likely held. Still, he's using his psychology, Krishna. Arjuna was proud of his reputation. And it mattered to him what people thought of him, especially his fellow warriors. Krishna plays on that and says, Arjuna, you know what? If you don't fight, you'll be disgraced by other great warriors. Not common soldiers, but great warriors like Drona, Bhishma, all those great chariot warriors. What will they think of you, Arjuna? Chariot warriors meaning there's people who are walking on the ground, then there's people on horses, then the main, main honchos, chief, they're on the, in the chariots. So he's saying not your normal soldiers, 
but the chariot warriors. Right now, they think you are one of the greatest warriors, but in their eyes, you will fall to such a low level, Arjuna. These great warriors will think you have withdrawn from battle because you're scared of fighting them. And you lose whatever respect they hold for you. Is that what you want, Arjuna? It's playing on his mind now. See, as humans, we suffer from this weakness of either superiority or inferiority complex. We're constantly worried about what people think of us. And this causes mental agitations and suffering for all of us. Why does it matter what people think of you? Anyone? Why does it matter? Why do you care? Just come in. Is it our ego because we want to be recognized and we want to know what's going on in that? You want people to think you're someone. Why does it matter? Give me one good reason, someone. Why does it matter what others think of you? Think, let's see if anyone can think of a good reason. Nikisha. Uh, seek validation. Seek validation. But why? Why do we need validation? We know who we are. What difference does it make? You're looking so fat after this Christmas break. Look in the mirror. Yes, I put on a few kilos. Maybe I need to lose a little. Or get on the scale. I've not put on any weight. What's he talking about? Why does it matter? You know who you are. You know what you are. You don't need others to tell you. Tell you something that you're not. What does it matter what others think? Seriously, this is a big problem for a lot of people. Get over it. Dharmesh. It shouldn't matter. Of course it shouldn't, but it does. This is the problem. <laughs> we all suffer from it. Either inferiority or, or superiority complex. You know who I am. We're always looking for validation, as Nikisha says. And half of our life, that's what makes us suffer, validation. See, if you were listening in the beginning of the class, we said, everyone sees the world with tainted glasses. Yeah? So then why does it matter what others think of you? They're looking through their own colored glasses and you're taking on their advice as to what they're saying. How silly is that? If Krishna tells you, that's different. He, can, he doesn't have any tainted glasses. But somebody else is telling you who are looking through tainted glasses, yeah? What difference does it make what they say to you? It doesn't, does it? Anita? Let's get over that. Why do we have to live for others? Be true to yourself. Need to learn to become self-sufficient in life, not depend on others' opinion. So this knowledge helps us to understand who we are. We now you know we are a product of our vasanas. Yeah, we all know that after the few classes. We are a product of our vasanas. Vasanas which have been created from our all our past lives. If we don't like who we are, then we can change this. This knowledge gives us the tools to become a better person. It's in our hands. You have the power to do whatever you want to do. So what difference does it make what others think? You've been coming to these classes. Someone who's never been to a class says, why are you studying that rubbish? Gita? How is that going to help you? Wasting your time, man. Nonsense. This bald guy talks and you listen every Sunday morning. What's the point? Huh? This guy's never been to a class. He's never even opened a Gita. You're going to listen to him? 
This is exactly what we do in life. So you take anything away from today's class, don't worry about what people say. Be yourself. These few verses maintain the mundane level to which Arjuna relates. Arjuna has an exaggerated value for worldly reputation. Krishna makes good use of this weakness to revive him from his emotional stupor, to revive in him the commitment to his obligated duty as a warrior fighting a righteous war. Arjuna cares very much for public opinion, particularly that of other warriors on the battlefront. He has a high respect and regard for the great chariot warriors like Bhishma, Drona, Kripa, and others. He cannot bear to fall low in their esteem. Krishna could see that clearly in him. He thus capitalizes on that weakness. The great chariot warriors will slight you as one who has fled from the war front out of fear. You will lose the high esteem that they hold of for you. Complexes are a major weakness among human beings. Most people suffer either from an inferiority or a superiority complex. Rarely does one find a person free from either of these complexes. Of the two, an inferiority complex seems to affect people more severely. Almost everyone possesses this mental disease. You constantly worry about what others think of you. You concern yourself more with others' opinions of you than with what you really are. When the world around thinks highly of you, you feel elated irrespective of your actual state of being. Likewise, when the world condemns you, you feel depressed, even if you are free from that blemish. Your life seems to revolve around the opinions of others. Consequently, you go through mental agitation and suffering. Rare indeed is one whose self-sufficiency in life renders him indifferent to the praise or censure of the world. Thank you, Robin. Any questions? So be free from this mental illness. 36. Avachyavatam shabahum vadishyanti tavahitaha nindantastava samarthyam tatodukkataram nukim avachyavatam shabahum Vadishyanti tavahitaha nindantastava samarthyam tato dukkhataram nukim. And your enemies will say many unbecoming words, cavilling your prowess. What indeed could be more painful than that, Arjuna? So Krishna says to Arjuna, if you don't fight, and you leave the battlefield, your enemies will laugh at you, ridicule you, and not only you, but your whole family. Is that what you want, Arjuna? Duryodhana, Karna, they will all call you a coward. What can be more painful than that, Arjuna? Is that what you want? Is goading him, Krishna. And Arjuna was an honorable man, and for someone of his standing, this would be the worst humiliation. He may as well die than be humiliated like that. It means a lot to him. What others think, especially people in his own caliber. People don't like to be insulted, especially in front of their colleagues. Krishna is using this psychology to provoke Arjuna and is somewhat working. He's now talking Arjuna's language. Before, Krishna's telling him all this high philosophy about reaching the state of moksha and so And it doesn't mean anything to Arjuna. He doesn't understand. So now he's talking his language. Vanita. 
Krishna highlights the ignominy of a great warrior like Arjuna abandoning the battlefield. Your sworn enemies such as Duryodhana, Dusashana, Garna, and others will slander your valor and laugh at you. They will call you infamous and impotent and many such unbecoming words. What, what can be more painful than that? You are a man of mighty valor. You command the greatest honor. How can you now tolerate the slander and ignominy held at you by your enemies? This is extreme provocation. Psychologically, people do not like to be, like to be insulted before their colleagues and subordinates. Arjuna is no exception. After having explained the adverse consequences of leaving the battlefield in, in the preceding verses, Krishna gives the benefits of waging the war in the next two verses. So he's telling him all the bad things that will happen if he doesn't fight. Then in the next few verses, he tells him all the positive things that will happen if he does fight. We'll just read the next, chant uh, the next verse before we stop. Ato va prapsyasi svargam jitva va bokshyase mahim tasma dutishta konteya yudaya kartanishchayaha Hato va prapsyasi svargam jitva va bokshyase mahim Tasma du tishta konteya, yudaya kartanishchayaha. Either slain, you will attain heaven, or victorious, you will enjoy the earth. Therefore, arise, O konteya, determined to fight. Krishna is going for it now, he's telling Arjuna, fight. You win, you'll be the most famous person in the land. People, you will gain so much respect. You fight, you lose, still doesn't matter. You still be famous. So what's the problem? We'll take that up next week because um, this is another theme now. Now he tells him the positiveness of why he should fight. Before last today, what we covered is the negative reasons of what will happen if he doesn't fight. So we'll cover that next week. Is there any questions? Great. So whoever's got the book, read what we've covered today so you understand it better. And um, you know, put a little bit of effort in before the class or after the class. It's just so that it, you absorb more. Yeah. We've had a few nice little nuggets today which can help you to have a better life, to give you more happiness. Take it on board, think about it. Change the way you are, change your reactions. And as you do that, you'll gain more happiness. Any questions before we log off? Great. Yes, just come in. So from this class, we're saying that if you react in a certain way, it's a sin. So mm -hmm. like, I always react with somebody eating meat in front of me and all that. I just like, ugh. Um, so that's my reaction. But to yep. them, they're enjoying it. So yep. that's me call, call, causing disturbance to myself because they don't well, have a problem with it. They don't have any problems with it. They'll be so saying it's the best steak I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but it's against your values. For their values, yeah, it's, it's fine. normal. Yeah. But your values are different than theirs. You may be a vegan. You know, you've created those values for you for whatever reason. Maybe spiritually development says that you shouldn't eat, you know, the self Atman is in all living be beings. We've learned that today. In all living creatures, the Atman is there. The same Atman as you, you identify with that. That's why it's a sin for you. They don't. 
the cow is there to be eaten. That's it. That's their values. But you create sin by other people's actions, which is silly. You feeling agitated, that's silly. You can't say you should live by my values. Yeah. Which is what which is what's going on. You understand? That's where they are. I don't tell them about That's fine. But this is exactly what we're saying, that for some people it's a sin, for others it isn't. They don't have the same? Sorry? It's little things like that that cause the agitation. But like... Understand the world is created in a certain way. You have no control over it. The only control you have is over your own personality. It's your journey. You do what's right for you and let others do what's right for them. Yep. Sounds good. You came on your own. You're going to go on your own. You can't take anyone with you. It's your journey. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I'm struggling to understand a bit, but it seems like the more ignorant you are of this, uh, the, the better it is because then you don't obtain sin, right? The more you know about this, the harder it is, which means the more sin, Absolutely. the potential sin that you have to take on, right? Absolutely right. <laughs> Started the journey, you know. It's too it's too late to switch off now. <laughs> Can't turn Switching off will agitate you now. <laughs> this is uh, one uh, Swamiji tells about this one person. He came from the U.S. English uh, American guy, and he's rich, famous, happily contented as far as he thought. Came to the ashram a week, met Swamiji, attended some of the classes. And then he went back to his life of happiness and he wrote a letter to Swamiji saying, I was a happy man, contented, until I met you. <laughs> and this is exactly what you're saying. See, you're saying ignorance is bliss. That's what you're saying. When it isn't, you're just used to it. That's all it is. You don't know what's better out there. But you're right, Kevin. As you gain this knowledge, you're more aware of your personality, your actions, you're more critical. And that's what creates the problems. Yeah, but, but even so, like if you don't have this understanding, you wouldn't have any agitations, right? So hmm. you would be at a higher place than someone who has the knowledge and has all those agitations, no? So the guy eats... He cuts up a sheep and he starts putting it on the fire and starts eating and he's happy. Are you saying he's happy? Therefore, therefore he's, it's okay. Lambs. I'm having a lamb, baby sheep. Yeah. And he's eating and he's saying, this is so lovely. I'm so happy. But we're he, saying that he's in a better place than you are. Well, no. We, we, what we're saying is that he doesn't attain any sin, right? So he doesn't have any mental agitations because of that. So absolutely, but he's not gaining anything in life. Yeah. We're here to learn what our purpose in life is. We're here to learn what our goal in life is. How do I attain that goal? Okay. He has no goals. So what you're saying is um, he won't have any mental agitations, but he has no progression. No progression spiritually. No progression in any way. He's just. Happy in his ignorance that life is to be to eat meat. Life is to do this. Okay, so you, so technically that person could be happy at that way on the, on the path wherever they are. They just don't move anywhere. They just stay in that place. Okay. Yeah. A guy goes around killing people. He feels no sin. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Just know. But isn't that happiness transient? As in, like, only at that moment he's happy. The rest of the time, absolutely. Next fix or whatever it is that you do, the next time he has it again, he'll be happy. So it's not constant. No. It's up and down, up and down. 
according to we you. want permanent happiness which is what we're looking for yeah. so this knowledge teaches us how to, how to be permanently happy in whatever situation Kevil, you've put on about 10 kilos i think over the holidays now does that comment make you happy or unhappy it shouldn't do anything to you you say you know what you're entitled to your opinion you've got pink glasses on you look at me in your pink glasses it's fine the problem is probably the truth. Everything <laughs> <laughs> is for all of us. <laughs> but this is it. You're not phased by it. You're not phased by it. This is the difference. You're permanently happy, no matter what people say, what people do. Yeah. You know who you are. You know what your goal is. You're studying this subject to become a better human being. And you're not going to stop until you reach that pinnacle of goal of life. Anything else doesn't matter. Other people, let them do what they want. Doesn't matter. In your mind, it's clear. That's it. So what values do you want to live by? Values of the scriptures. Values of what's right and wrong. Any other questions? Great question, Kevil, Joshnabin. So be true to yourself. Great. Okay. We'll catch up next week. <laughs>